Joshua Dobbs has done some really impressive things, but on Sunday night against the Broncos, will he be able to do it from the pocket? Welcome to the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it? Three, one, two, three. You, like it? you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked on Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Luke Braun. And if you are new, it is nice to meet you. This show is available anywhere you find your favorite podcast, anywhere from uh, the play, the the, potty, the podcast audio platforms like like Sirius XM, which we are partnered with. You can also find the uh, a radio broadcasts of all of the Vikings games, all, all of the games, um, depending on your plan. You can also find the show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Thank you so much to the sponsor of today's episode, which is Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Today on the show, it's Friday, which means we got your bold predictions at the end of the show. Also doing our prize picks, prized picks. Thank you to prize picks for uh, all of that. But before I get into it, I, I want to go at one of the major sort of talking points with Josh Dobbs, who will get to start again. Uh, Jaron Hall looks like he's going to be ready to go. By the way, in terms of injury report, he's been upgraded to a full participant in the concussion protocol. K.J. Osborne has been a full participant all week. Typically with the concussion protocol, that means uh, he's going to be good to go. The real mystery is whether or not Justin Jefferson goes. He has been limited all week. Uh, That makes it a very game-time decision, and it kind of feels like the sort of thing where they will figure it out. Um, But they have had this sort of very methodical ramp-up with him and using like the 28 one day window and all that. So I have no idea if he plays or not. Don't look to me for that prediction. That's not the kind of thing that, that I do. Um, but I was kind of looking into the Broncos defense a little bit, uh, not deep, not like I wasn't like watching tape and going all the way in, just kind of looking at the way that some other mobile quarterbacks have produced against them. And in particular, just looking at rushing attempts, right? Just how often do these guys run around? And for Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, Jordan Love, all of these guys have fewer rushing attempts against the Broncos than they do against uh, most of their other opponents. The Broncos seem to be willing to contain. Now, Mahomes did get out there a good amount in their first game against the Broncos, and then in the second one, he had the flu, so that one might be a little bit weird. But uh, the rest of those guys still exist, and it implies to me, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong if you're a Broncos fan and you're watching this, which if you are, hi, welcome. Thank you for coming. Uh, the it, it implies to me that the Broncos are going to like want to prioritize that, right? They want to you know play contain and keep these mobile quarterbacks from getting outside the pocket. And even if I'm wrong about that, because that's a, a pretty flimsy prediction based on flimsy evidence, that's not really what I'm trying to prove to you here. I'm just trying to set up the question of, would Dobbs be able to handle that? If the Broncos do a good job of cutting off the rush lanes, 
can Dobbs still function? Um, I made a whole Patreon video about it, and I the reason I did that is because of a conversation I was having with somebody about it that sort of evoked that idea. The the well, he's a running quarterback, and you know that that never lasts in the league. You know, you got to be able to do it to pass from the pocket and play drop back quarterback. And in that conversation, like it it didn't sit right with my instincts. My instincts were like, but well, he, he does kind of feel like he can do it from the pocket. Like, I felt like he did do it from the pocket from the Saints. It was kind of the whole thing that I came out of that game with. And so I went and I did a big film study thing on it. And uh, what I found sort of backed up where my gut was, uh, which is that Dobbs can play from the pocket if he just needs to like it, like if this game comes down to whether or not Josh Dobbs can go one, two, three, four through a read in a reasonable amount of time, that's not going to be an issue like that. That just will not be a problem. If it comes down to being perfectly accurate into a lot of tight windows. Yeah. Then I get a little more concerned because while Dobbs is his accuracy is like better here than it was in, in Arizona. And part of that might just be that, you know, you got some guys like Hawkinson is in, in, in some senses, an accuracy eraser an inaccuracy eraser. And if JJ plays, he's a great inaccuracy eraser. Um, but just by being, you know, having a large frame gives you a better catch, uh, a better like miss radius, right? And maybe there's like this great coaching thing that's going on that we'll find out about later or whatever. But it's still not perfect. And for one, there are just there have been a couple misses in each of the last couple games that are like have nothing to do with the playbook and have nothing to do with like the timing or anything like that, where the, the ball just comes out wrong on him. And he did it in Arizona, too. I think sometimes he just he, he, he just sprays them sometimes. Uh, and there's also a lot of times, especially with Hawkinson, I've noticed this, um, where it's just a little behind him or it's just a little bit too far out front. Or it's just a little bit too high. It's like just not quite timed up properly. And the reason for that is fairly understandable. And, that, and it is a familiarity thing where you're just not used to throwing to that guy's gate. The t like Zach Ertz's gate was different, you know, when you were throwing to him at the beginning of the year. So when you are trying to judge, especially on like crossing routes or things that are going like east to west rather than north to south, you're trying to judge, okay, this, you know, I'm throwing this many yards, that's going to be this many steps. How far will he get in that many steps, right? And and you're not doing that calculus, like literally in your head, you're feeling that. So you're just using like this sort of spatial judgment. Professional quarterbacks will still put it on them reasonably enough. But when the windows get really, really, really tight, like on that great Alante Taylor pass breakup in the Saints game, where if the coverage is good, a good pass that isn't perfect will still get broken up, and the only way to complete it is a perfect pass. And when you don't have those judgments down, it's harder to achieve that. So if the game comes down to that, the Broncos just cover everyone, blanket, man up, and win all day long. Could be a tough day, and they'll have to find a way to run on that team. Um, but that's the other thing, is can the Vikings run on the Broncos the way the Dolphins did? They are the most similar team to the Dolphins that the Broncos have played since that game. And, and, and the Broncos learned a lot of great lessons from that 70 burger, right? Like they, 
definitely pulled out of it and learned some things and changed some things. They're not going to come out of a game that where you got 70 hung on you and not make a couple of changes. So I'm not expecting uh, anything like that. I, I, it's more of a question of, all right, here is something else that is like this. Now let's put your adjustments to the test. What do you got? And I, and from an academic sense, sense, I'm like really curious about that. And I, I don't really know how it's going to go. Also because the Vikings run game isn't that good, right? Dolphins have a great run game. The Vikings run game has a whole bunch of problems. Um, so not going to be as big of a challenge, but it's the same style of challenge. And that piques my curiosity. But with Dobbs, you know, the accuracy is one thing. The ability to play from the pocket, the ability to go one, two, three, four is there, right? The, the footwork to go one, two, three, you know, one, two, flip your hips, three, floor, three, four, check down. Like that happened in the Saints game. And so I, I have faith in his ability to do that. Um, and, you know, when I did the pocket Patreon thing, which patreon.com slash Luke Brown NFL, right? By the way, you can watch that. Um, I like purposely took out all of his scramble plays to make sure I didn't get distracted by the eye candy. But like that threat still exists. And when, when pass rushers, like the, the Vikings have struggled with this a lot, right? When you're playing contained in your pass rushes and we're being like, no, stay in the lanes. You got to be really careful about this. It slows you down. And it just gives you that extra half a beat. And that can be really helpful as well. Just the threat of you, even, even if they take your legs away, they still had to spend something to do it. And what they spent was time. Um, even just a fraction of a second might make all the difference. So can he do it from the pocket? Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, he's just going to stand back there and carve everybody up. Guys have to get open too. And we don't really even know which guys that is. So <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. Uh, I want to do my prize picks, prized picks, as well as the bold predictions. We got all kinds of great stuff coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. We're going to go very deep on a whole bunch of examples in the next segment, but here is how Prize Picks works. You pick two to six of your favorite players. You are not filling out an entire lineup. You don't need to go with like a kicker or a defense or whatever, unless you want to. There are kickers, I guess. Uh, I'm going to do a kicker this week. Prize Picks has been a blast. I've been having tons of fun with it all year. All you got to do is pick more than or less than their Prize Picks projection. So it's you versus the house. You just got to be smarter than Prize Picks. If you're smarter than prize picks, you can smash all of those together and either get them all right or maybe all but one right if you do a flex play and you can get bigger payouts that way as well. So go to prizepicks.com to get started. And in particular, you can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or use code locked on NFL, all lowercase in the app for a first deposit match up to $100. They've got Yardage totals, touchdown totals, fantasy scores. If you want to just stick to like fantasy purism, once again, get a first deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or use code locked on NFL in the app. Thanks a million for making the Locked On Vikings podcast your first listen of the day. For your second listen, uh, and if you're on YouTube, you don't have to lift a, lift a finger to do this. Go check out the Locked On Minnesota Sports 24-7 live stream. Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube channel. Uh, it's basically, it can just be, it's like your background TV. It is a 24-7 Minnesota Sports, all podcasts. This show is on there, Locked On Wolves, Wild Twins, etc., 
um, and the Locked On Minnesota Sports stable of content as well. Uh, go check that out. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't lift a finger. It's just going to take you right there after if you're watching when this premieres, which happens uh, at 8 o'clock Central every day. Let's do some prize picks, prized picks. So for this, I usually pick four. This week is no exception. And because of all the stuff that I talked about last time, I am going to throw my lot in with less than five and a half rushing attempts for Joshua Dobbs. This feels wrong. This feels like it shouldn't happen. Uh, on the Prize Picks website, you can actually click on a little icon in the box and it will show you the last few games and whether or not they, they uh, beat that mark. Dobbs has rushed for six or more uh, attempts in the last four games. And I am saying this is going to be the, the time when, when he doesn't. And I think that's kind of part of it. Like the Broncos see that and they say, okay, this dude likes to scramble, right? Like they see the crazy touchdowns and they see the, the scramble out crazy plays. And they say, okay, we do not want this dude to do that. And we've been practicing against Russell Wilson all season. We can figure this out. Right. Um, so I think they are going to do a good job of containing. And I think that I, I do think that if the Vikings are going to win this game, Dobbs is going to have to do it from the pocket. Six rush attempts is a lot, so I'm tossing a less than in there. Uh, I also have Josh Dobbs more than half an interception. Look, man, this dude has gotten away with murder a little bit with some of the inaccuracies, especially the ones that go high. He had a really gnarly one against the Falcons. He had one that felt like it was going high against uh, the Saints. It was tipped a little bit, but I don't think it was tipped that much. Like I think it was still kind of a bad throw. And both of them fell harmlessly to the ground. One of these, one of these days is going to end up in a safety's lap. And this might be the week. So I feel like there's been a little bit of just, or guys just not catching the the, the picks that he throws, right? Um I think there's still a little disaster potential with Dobbs, so I'm going uh, more than half an interception. Don't confuse this for me saying that I think Dobbs will do a bad job, though. Less than five and a half rushing attempts might not even be a bad thing. It might just mean he's sitting back there and carving things up and he's protected well and he can throw all the time, right? Um, but the interception just it feels like something that's going to happen. But I, I, I like Dobbs. I do. I like him a lot. Uh, and especially considering the circumstances and all that. And I think especially as he gets more familiar with his receivers, we can start to see dividends on that as well. I just felt like these two negative though, they may feel just felt like the most compelling marks from the prize picks projections. Um, elsewhere in this game, I am, I'm taking the, the mile high kicker thing, six and a half kicking points. So that's extra points and field goals, of course. So two field goals and an extra point. We get that more, then, which is what I'm going to hit. Uh, again, this is going to be the mile high thing. The, the dynamic is a, it is just easier to make kicks, right? Um, that doesn't have a lot of bearing on short kicks or extra points, but on longer field goals, that might be the difference, right? Just because of the altitude and also because field goal distances will change. So my understanding of the way that most teams nowadays do their like kick it or punt it or go for it on fourth down kind of decisions they will matrix these things out based on a projected success rate on all of their uh, deals. You know, will the the fourth down go for it happen? Will we make the field goal? If we punt, will we get favorable field position? What are the odds that we, you know, do a touchback and we only got 20 yards versus the odds that we pin them, right? Um, and it takes all that, puts it into a matrix. Not unlike what you'll see with like the Twitter bots, right? Um, 
I think there's a little more that goes into them that's like specifically tailored to the team, you know, like they'll have different field goal percentages versus the bots that use more universal data. Um, but those data will be adjusted when you're in mile high and, and crucially the field goal distance and the field goal probabilities will go. You change the success rates in that very complicated matrix and you say, ah, we're going to go up 5% because we're at mile high. And like so many go for it decisions suddenly get overturned. And like punt decisions suddenly get overturned where you go, yeah, but maybe we can kick it because we're, we're only 49 out. And that wouldn't be a great situ- a great thing to do, you know, when you're at, at Lambeau Field. But here at Mile High, maybe that's a better thing. Think about it. If you're looking at a 52-yard field goal and you say, okay, we've well, got a 45% chance to make this or whatever number you put on it. And then you look at a fourth and six and we got a 45% chance to make that or whatever number you put on it. Like if those numbers are close... Uh, and then you say, yeah, but we're at mile high. So we're going to put five extra percent on the field goal. Uh, that's going to make the whole system go topsy turvy and you're going to kick more. So six and a half kicking points for Greg Joseph. And then the last one I have is for Jerry Judy, more than less than three and a half receptions. That just feels low, uh, reception stuff on prize picks feels like it doesn't know that the Vikings blitz a lot and that there's just going to be a high volume of completions and the quality of those completions gets limited. And that's kind of how the defense has been working, but there's going to be completions. So I feel like reception stuff and pass completions uh, are always a pretty good place to look again. If you want to join me, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or use the code locked on NFL get a hundred dollar deposit match but I know that these these stat lines these vanilla ideas that are perfectly reasonable reason reason that's not why you're here you're here for the bold predictions that is coming up next today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash DoorDash has been unbelievably clutch uh, also it's been a great play- way for me to explore the kind of hole in the wall joints in my area that I never would have stumbled upon otherwise that are maybe not on the main road off the beaten path, but have great food, local spots, locally owned, you know, small businesses, the kind of places that you, you feel good supporting, like you're part, part of your own community. Uh, you can find all of that stuff on DoorDash and if you download the app for the first time, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first order. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Once again, that is 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change terms apply. Oh my God. Oh God. It's time to get bold. Oh, is it so time to get bold? It is your bold prediction segment. I love this part. Favorite part of the week. Love wrapping out the week this way. So here's how it works. You guys sent me your bold prediction submissions. You guys send me like a hundred of these every week and I absolutely love it. Keep them coming. You guys are getting so creative. Uh, then I pick some of my favorites and if any of them hit, I get punished. Uh, The first one, let's go to last week's and let's check on which ones, uh, if any of these hit. First one came from Jack Broughton, who said the most field goals by one kicker in a game is eight. And Blake Groupie would kill nine, kick nine, which includes his career long. Uh, Nope, 
Wait, I, did they kick once? I think they got like one field goal or maybe two. What was the final score? Even it was like weird. It was 11. Yeah, so there was uh, 19. Yeah, because they went for it twice. Uh, they got one field goal at the very beginning. That was it. Too bad. Uh, Yannick Eckhart said that Alexander Madison does the Camara and scores six rushing t- TDs. Nope. Instead, he walked away with a concussion. That's how it goes sometimes. Uh, speaking of, he, uh, on his way through concussion protocol, not feeling great about his chances to play. I think this is Ty Chandler's show. Just, you know, concussion protocol being less than a week is pretty rare. Uh, so we'll roll without him, I guess, for one, and then hope he's back for the Bears game. Um, also, uh, Caleb Evans, I didn't mention, he's also day-to-day on, on the subject of the injury reports. Uh, Shadow Flame says that in Minneapolis miracle-esque fashion, the Vikings will win on a game-winning touchdown with 10 seconds or less to go. And I stipulated that you must be on the wrong side of midfield at 10 seconds uh, for that to be truly Minneapolis miracle fashion. I don't want one of these three-yard passing touchdowns at the end. That's too normal. We didn't get there. Uh, the, the Hail Mary at the end for the Saints was close in a couple of ways, but not quite. For one, had to be a Vikings win for, for the bold prediction to work. For two, had to be on the other side of midfield. The, uh, the Saints threw from the 48. So they were just barely on the, uh, the plus side of midfield. So that didn't hit either. Uh, and of course, it didn't work. It, it was an incomplete pass. So if you overturn those three things, we would have had it. <laughs> uh, WKC says that Josh Dobbs would be responsible for at least four turnovers, but the Vikings would still win the game. Uh, nope, Josh, I, Vikings didn't turn the ball over once. How about that for, for your key to the game, how the Vikings can win? Don't turn it over. Simple as that, right? <laughs> it's analysis. Uh, Eric the Red said there'd be a triple doink. Love the energy, did not get there. And Red and Purple said that the Vikings will score four touchdowns and that the first letter of the last names will spell ha-ha. So you'd have like a Hawkinson and then an Addison and a Hawkinson Addison. Uh, first touchdown was Ty Chandler. So immediately broke that one open. But, uh, you know, that's too bad. And then we had a Dobbs rushing touchdown. Um, did have a Hawkinson, so it spelled... Uh, so you got that. <laughs> Let's move on to the Denver game. Peter Larson says that there will be more total yards made in field goals than passing yards in this game. I love this one deeply because it made me think about the game and like production in a way I've never thought about it before, which is how many passing yards do you need to get into field goal range for for the field goal itself to be worth more than the passing yards? Like if you start at the 25 and you pass for 40 yards, let's say, that puts you at the 35-yard line, which would be a 47-yard field goal. So that worked. But any less, like or any more, get if you get to like a 45-yard field goal, and also all of that had to be passing. So this has to be like an all-passing thing, or you have to have some 60-yarders in this. This feels like it might actually be impossible which is fascinating, but not like technically impossible. It's perfect for the bold predictions. I, I love that this like gave me a thought I've never had before. Uh, Zachary Hayes said that the Broncos will have a horse. They have a horse at the games before they ride on the field. I think somehow a horse gets on the field during the game. 
I'm not going to check this, by the way. Uh, I'm just, we're rolling with it. Horse gets on the field on the game. If they do not have a mascot horse and you are wrong about this, then that just makes the prediction bolder. And I personally am fine with that. That would be a lot crazier, like a lot crazier if just a wild horse wandered onto the field in a Broncos game. Uh, but otherwise, they got they they let the horse loose. I I feel I must stipulate, however, that a horse like if they do like a salute to service thing with with a with an army captain like riding on a horse, no, that doesn't count. This this has to be a loose horse to me for this to truly be a bold prediction. Otherwise, it's like yeah, the Broncos brought a horse out during halftime, like the, whatever. It's like saying there would be a Ragnar at a game you know, back when he was a mascot. No, this has to be a loose horse, an uncontrolled horse has to be on on the field. Rob McNabb says, much like the Broncos opening drive of Super Bowl 48, Russ will have a missed snap that results in, in a Vikings defensive touchdown. Absolutely love it. Uh, I, I don't think about that often enough with the Broncos and the Seahawks and like how they were rivals at one point way back when before the Seahawks joined the NFC, they were in the AFC West. The Seahawks were. So they were rivals with uh, the Broncos and then the Chiefs and Raiders and stuff much like Tampa Bay was with the NFC North, you know, or think about that with like the Steelers and Titans. I think they were that way when it was the Oilers there. I think they were that way too. Um, fun, fun times with that rivalry that is now kind of defined by that blowout Super Bowl. This would be a very fun way to honor that with Russell Wilson, who is now sort of on both sides of that rivalry. Uh, pow school Laurel Poa Poa school school Laurel. Sorry if I said that wrong says two touchdowns off of jet sweeps for the Vikings. Uh, yeah, man, fair enough. The, this could hit in a way where like they do it because like they've gotten teams in the past with the same play in this, in the exact, I think that happened in 2021 where the, the Vikings scored on the same play twice on this, or maybe it was 2019. It was against the lions. I remember that where they like called a red zone play and then they called the exact same red zone, like sale concept. It was awesome. I feel like you could, you could hit him again with that, right? A little jet sweep on the goal line. We know Kevin O'Connell loves to dial up a jet sweep in short yarded situations, but we got to have that like goal line thing. Uh, I'm thinking kicking points. Uh, Ryan L says Vikings win by a higher margin of victory than dolphins Broncos. I'm sure that Broncos fans, if you are still listening and you're, you're with me, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure you're so sick of hearing about the 70 burger considering like that. They have very much like turned it around and, you know, kept their season alive. That is a uh, 50 point margin. I looked this up on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, official sports book of the lockdown podcast network. Uh, I, I looked it up on FanDuel and they do not allow you to go this high. <laughs> It, it caps out at 23 and a half for alternate spreads. I'm sure you could call them and they'll take your money, but uh, that uh, 50 and a half Vikings minus 50 and a half. That's the, the, the bet that you made. Put it in a parlay. And then red and purple, who is on absolute fire, uh, says that the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 98, 99 and 16. Those numbers happen to be the numbers of Jaron Hall, DJ Wanham and Daniel Hunter, who will all score touchdowns on Sunday. Uh, so again, I love that it made me think about this in a way I've never thought about it before for one, two defensive line touchdowns and the backup quarterback. I love the energy and I love this deeply already. I'm so in I'm sold. What is interesting to me 
is that you could have gone with not the year the physical Super Bowl was played, but the year the majority of the season was played. We don't really talk about it as the 2016 Super Bowl. We talk about it as the 2015 season and Super, like the 2015 Super Bowl. Uh, for me, when I hear 2015 Super Bowl, I think about the Broncos. When I hear about 2016 Super Bowl, I think about 28-3 and the Falcons and the Patriots. So if you went with that, it would have been 15, 98, and 97. You would have had Harrison Phillips, DJ Wanham, and the actual quarterback, Josh Dobbs. But you went with the backup, and I know I know you thought about it. I know you you thought this through and went, I could do 15, 97, 98, and you deliberately decided to go with Daniil Hunter in the backup, and for that, I salute you, sir. Uh, that does it. For this week of the Locked On Vikings podcast, we'll see you next week. See you after the games. After Sunday Night Football, come to the Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube channel with me and Sam Ekstrom, Luke Inman, if he's been extradited back into the country, and Ron Johnson will talk about whatever happens in this game. Rain, snow, shine, happy, sad, apoplectic, whatever you want, we will be there to recap what goes on. And then, of course, we got shows resuming again over the week. I'll be traveling next week for the holiday. So uh, we will get shows out however we can, but prepare for them to get weird, probably like they aren't always. I will see you guys all next week. And as always, Skull.